0: Take us with you. Download HIV care tools today.
1: Welcome to Nika in the know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Bratman. Today, we're sitting down with John Faragon to get a quick update on recent guidelines relating to people who are pregnant and living with HIV. Welcome again, John.
2: Uh, thanks, Marianna. Glad to be here again to talk about an important topic.
1: So, John, it sounds like the guidelines changed a few months back with regards to what to use to treat HIV infection in pregnancy. So what can you tell us about this?
2: Yeah, so well, um, you know, we spent the last few months talking a lot about injectables and PrEP changes and query updates, but... The one thing I think we, we didn't cover yet um, was the recent updates to the pregnancy guidelines, which occurred in late December of 2021, so a few minutes, a few months late on it. But I think it's just important for us to review. So it's still timely, I think, but I want to make sure we cover this in detail. Um, so when it comes to what meds to use in pregnancy, um, there are a lot of factors to consider. I think obviously safety, uh, but also pharmacokinetics, you know how well the drugs work in pregnancy and what the drug levels are like. And also the quality of data are also important as you make decisions. But clearly the safety thing is really the thing that we worry the, the most about. Um, the guidelines are very uh, conservative, I think, which is good, um, and really provide some evidence-based approaches to, to picking meds. Um, so the guidelines of December uh, continue to recommend delutegavir as a preferred ARV drug for pregnant people despite um, trimester. Uh, and that's also for people who are trying to conceive. Now, this is important, Mariana, because the most recent data, if you guys remember the, the Sempano data that was in that Botswana study showed that um, there were neural tube defects that were higher in, with, with patients on deletegavir. And what happened was as they got more and more pregnancies and there were less numbers of new neural tube defects. Basically, the, the rate of, of neural tube defects actually went down overall. So um, uh, basically, if these neural tube defects, were, tube defects happened in infants who were born to women who had received um, uh, doxycycline, but they could have also uh, occurred in people who were receiving favrins and women women without HIV. So when we look at this, the, the overall data, the prevalence was not significantly increased um, compared with women with HIV receiving non doyotegavir antiretroviral regimens at conception. So the bottom line, the point here is that the the concern that we had about doyotegavir a few years ago is no longer there for neural tube defects. So based on these and some other data, the panel, which is the the guideline panel, has removed some of the bulleted recommendations with doyotegavir specific cautions around neural tube defects. So that's important for a safety perspective for for doyotegavir. And it's also important because the Um, All those neural tube discussions that that were there in the previous versions have now been removed um, after these follow-up studies have been done and did not show a significant increased risk. So that's kind of the one story. I think many of you may use Raltegravir or icentris in pregnancy if you're using an integrase inhibitor, but... Um, now you can now, W-tegavir is also now preferred as well. Um, data on bictegravir, you know, obviously is not there for, for pregnancy yet. Another big change that actually occurred is the use and safety of, of tenofovir alafenamide. So many of you know, we have tenofovir alafenamide and tenofovir fumarate, And now the guidelines actually I now recommend TAF as a preferred nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitor for ARV regimens. It's not over any of the other drugs, but it's now on the guidelines. Um, And people who are pregnant or are trying to conceive. In addition, they also added available data about weight gain uh, with TAF and with dolutegravir during pregnancy um, and incorporated into this section as well. And I think we've talked about weight gain with TAF and some of the newer instes over the last couple episodes. Um, So what else else was done to the guidelines, Mariana? It's important to also realize we've talked about cabotegravir, right? This is the long-acting injectable. Um, And in combination with ropivirine, um, and they've they've classified these as not recommended for use in pregnancy, um, uh, also as in having insufficient data for persons who are trying to conceive or who become pregnant while on this regimen. So cabotegavir and ropivirine, we just don't know enough about that combination for long-acting injection for for pregnancy, so it's kind of a concern uh, at this point, but insufficient data for those who are trying to conceive and also those who become pregnant while they're on this regimen.
1: Was there any information in the guidelines to address two drug regimens?
2: Yeah, so so some other highlights are, are, and this is some of the information on some of the two drug regimens, and I think um, importantly, uh, although no data really exists on, on the use of the two drug oral uh, regimens during pregnancy, for example, dolutegravir plus um, plus ropivirine or dolutegravir plus lamivudine, the components are recommended for use in pregnancy. So the pan- panel recommends that pregnant persons who present the care on some of these two drug regimens, dolutegravir 3TC, for example, or doetegavir ropivirine, and have successfully maintained viral suppression, can actually continue those two drug regimens with more frequent viral load monitoring, usually like every one to two months throughout pregnancy. So so basically the bottom line is, I don't think I would start a two drug regimen in pregnancy. I don't think most people would. But if they come to you and they're on those regimens and and they're on them and they're suppressed, you can potentially just continue those regimens because they're safe in pregnancy, especially the ones we're talking about, do Lamividine and do yotegravir as long as you do more frequent viral load monitoring, usually every one to two months throughout pregnancy, and the concern there is that you know are they going to have some viral breakthrough, um, or, or or blips or whatever you want to call it, um, or potential failure if they're on if they're on some of these two-drug regimens. So really making sure that you follow up closely with those patients, I think, is really the key, really the key point. For people who have HIV who've achieved virologic suppression and become pregnant while receiving ARV drugs with insufficient data about their use in pregnancy. And this is a good example for like a drug like Bictegavir or Duraverine. The the recommended recommendation now is clinicians should consider Whether to continue or change the regimen, because those regimens, uh, that regimen change carries a risk for for, for viral rebound at the time of switch. So, if a decision is made with the patient to continue the same uh, regimen, again, viral load should be monitored more more frequently every one to two months. So, again, it's just about really monitoring people more more closely. Um, There's also the, uh, because some of the data about the long term. Uh, or long-acting uh, uh, cabin or pivoting during pregnancy is extremely limited, the panel recommends that pregnant persons who are on that regimen be, be switched to some other preferred or alternative three-drug ARV regimen for use in pregnancy. We kind of alluded to that in the previous uh, uh, section, but this, this is important for us to know as well. And so a couple more things. Um, the, the panel recommends still tegavir now plus, uh, plus TDF or TAF. With, uh, with either emtricitabine or 3TC as the preferred ARV regimen for pregnant people with acute HIV regardless of trimester. This is talking about acute HIV. Um, and then ritonavir-boosted derivine plus TDF or TAF, FTC, or 3TC is an alternative regimen for pregnant people with acute infection. So for acute HIV, really the, the recommendation is basically to use dolutegravir in pregnancy plus either TDF or TAF with either emtricitabine or 3TC and boosted PIs would be an alternative, an alternative regimen, and that's a little bit different in the guidelines. Guidelines too. Um, so one of the one of the following um, ARV regimens is recommended for people who are diagnosed with acute HIV when they are breastfeeding. You can either, either use BICTAF FTCs, so that's TARV or you could use Dolutegravir with TDF or TDF or, or TAF. Plus FTC or 3TC so for example, do you take your Discovi, do you take your or you could use the boosted Darunavir, um with either Discovi or Truvada as well as an option. So those are kind of the big changes that that are kind of here um, uh, um, with uh, with the guidelines. So a couple of, you know highlights right Do you take your is a big thing the addition of TAF is a big thing. some of those two drug regimens being cautious and if you continue on them, uh, making sure that patients are, are, are followed very closely. And if they wind up on something that, that really shouldn't be used, insufficient data, but they're going to continue them, making sure that if you do switch them, um, uh, you make sure that you, you monitor people really closely every, every, every one or two months as well. So kind of some monitoring changes, some drug changes, Uh, And then also some data on, on acute HIV, but that's kind of the story. Uh, It's really kind of quick down dirty, easy to, easy to kind of review. If you look at the um, DHHS guidelines, there's a pregnancy section and you can go and you can look at some of the, some of the data there from DHHS, which kind of backs up what we're covering today.
1: John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about this new information on guidelines for pregnant individuals living with HIV. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika ATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic visit us at www.necaaetc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at Nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at Nikaatc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know.